So this is our 11th, 11th episode. Uh, Episode of religiosanity. Yes, yeah. Great. Uh, and, and part of the sanity, I think, should be, and uh, we should talk about environment and how people live and behave in the world. We had climate marches recently yes. and all of that. Uh, and upcoming is. Uh, St. Francis or Francis of Assisi Day, mm. which is October 4th, yeah. that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that uh, we should look into it from the perspective of faith and uh, theology. Cool. And uh, I think that again, uh, Christianity is together with other monotheistic religions, uh, Judaism and Islam, certainly, somehow responsible for, you know, wha- the, the crisis we are living in. Um, that uh, There's that some kind of, a, it's, al- it's almost like a, 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 a teaching that w- the world is ours to 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 Yes, yeah, to yeah, 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 I think it is even deeper. Yeah. Uh, simply by seeing, uh, again, we can go back to that polytheistic, monotheistic shift we were discussing in many of our episodes. And, uh, you know, you, you can recognize that in that time before this shift came into existence, um, there were these... N- Numinalotsi, uh, the the deities of places associated with springs, associated with uh, trees, groves, um, mountains, and so on, and and people would always uh, approach them as uh, living beings. You know, it's it's very often associated with that. Uh, worldview of animism, you know, that all the other creatures and other things around us have their own anima, which would be the soul or spirit, and uh, were treated like that by people back then. And with uh, that strict strict uh, transcendence of monotheistic religion, uh, the whole faith and religion became really an event in between the heavens and human beings, while the whole world and universe became just a stage and objectified. and of course I'm again greatly s- simplifying it you know that e- even in the Bible you see that uh, uh, the world is not treated completely like this and and whole thought of creation for instance is a master f- work of God uh, ask for something more than that you know but uh, definitely through the medieval times uh, then it became almost uh, 
brought down into just God and us and uh, uh, you know yeah. uh, history of salvation and uh, that's what really matters and uh, nothing else and and from there is only a step towards uh, industrial revolution and use of the nature all around us as just thing rather than uh, living beings uh, all around us, uh, all put together masterfully and, and, and balanced. And so I, I, I think that to to large extent, Christian theology in, its, in this form is responsible for uh, underlying or bringing that worldview uh, which is dangerous. Uh, as I said, that's not the only mode uh, of religious faith which is present to us in our tradition. St. Francis is one example that it can be taken differently. And, and deep within our tradition there are other um, understandings, but uh, it, it needs to be really lifted up uh, in this context and, and we need to confess as Christians, uh, that definitely through our way of thinking of our faith, through our theology, we participated in uh, in making the current devastation possible. Mm. And uh, for that reason, I am really thankful to um, the movement uh, uh, which is called Earth Bible and uh, led besides many others but uh, spearhead of, of, of this uh, movement was Norman Habel, uh, Australian uh, Old Testament theologian uh, of an Polish-German descent uh, and uh, he came with this uh, Earth Bible movement, and I, I was very, very influenced by their uh, their theology and their exegesis and and the way of looking at the world. And they have also lifted up certain uh, certain aspects or teachings uh, they they want to carry into a modern theology, which I find very, very powerful and strong and uh, uh, showing that uh, there is an intrinsic worth to the world and each and every creature in it you know like returning back worth and, and dignity to to all the creatures around us it's it's not that they are just objects uh, and, and uh, another principle is a principle of interconnectedness, recognizing that the world is interconnected. Mm. All creatures, all living beings are interconnected. And uh, even non-living beings are interconnected or mountains. You, you know, you cannot have a forest without a mountain upon which it grows. And, and the geological composition of that mountain influences what kind of 
trees and bushes and, and plants are growing there and therefore what kind of animals are attracted to it so there is this uh, lacework really very very intricate which established itself over millennia and it's never static that's the other thing it's constantly changing as the environment changes uh, but takes time to develop into some kind of an equilibrium or balance uh, so that's another uh, and and the principle of voice that all these creatures and entities have their own voice and 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 we are very often deaf to them mm. you know not, not recognizing that uh, you know maybe with birds or crickets we can hear them but they are intensely communicating they are communicating within their own species but they are communicating across the species and and alerting each other and and letting each other know about their existence and partly sometimes hiding from each other of course and they they protest also you know when they are being attacked you know just go into a forest or into a meadow and uh, red wing would notice you and would give an alert cry which would for all other red wings but all other birds <laughs> and and all of those have their purpose in a broader scheme of things all these beings and they mutually support one another we touched upon it and uh, they also have resist the right to resist mm. uh, they, they try you know, especially if one species eh, wants to usurp uh, and rights or beyond uh, measures like humans are doing right now, uh, the Earth would try to revolt and, uh, and protect itself, you know, through climatic change as we are observing and, and so on and so forth so uh, I, I think and all of this is actually quite well founded in, in theological discourse and, and understanding biblically and theologically also so uh, recognizing that all parts of nature not only humans are dear to God for instance with God there is this desire for justice and that is not only in a human society but it is in a broader society of the nature uh, recognition that human beings are part of the nature they were created with the rest uh, of the creation depending on how you look at it and which one of those creation stories you pick but uh, they, 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 we are definitely part of this creation, whichever you pick, as I said, and uh, we depend on it. Without all other creatures around us, mm -hmm. we, we cannot survive. 
you know, there is that famous saying that, you know, take away bees and in four, four years human society would be gone. Because, you know, without pollination of all our different plants and bees are playing an important role in it. And that's why so many people got so worried about, you know, those uh, colony collapses and, and, and destruction of bees. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, farmers to begin with, you know, the, the you know, orchard keepers, be it for almond trees or being it for peaches or apples. Uh, but it goes further and further, you, you know, uh, oil, uh, oil plants uh, like, uh, you know, sunflowers and uh, other, they, they need bees as well. And uh, without them, you know, the harvest would go down very, very quickly. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I just wanted to bring it up and, and uh, bring the recognition that, you know, this is the spiritual struggle we need to do uh, and is, is present in, in some form within the Christianity. Because on one side you have uh, theologians who are trying to lift up, resurrect and uh, recognize, you know, the, these important principles of, of eco-theology. And on the other side you have uh, these very, very narrow uh, fundamentalists, you know, who believe in the complete destruction of the earth, so who who cares in, in that sup supranatural theism, you know, for them it really matters only what, what happens in between human beings and God mm. uh, and nothing else uh, really is, is important. And, and in it is a very, very strong self-interest also because that's really what matters, my own salvation, nothing else. Uh, and anyhow, they, they hope for immediate or very soon rapture or, you, you know, distraction <laughs> of, the, of the earth. Mm -hmm. and, and what really matters is in heaven or, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know how they construct that. So, uh, and the, the, this highly mythical or myth in, 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 in proper word, you, you know, worldview. Uh, as, as much as in our prior episodes I, I defended mythology, but this is like a mythology of self-destruction. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it needs to be called out and, and named. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, this is, and, and this is nothing new, you know, really, uh, I, I have here, I, I like, and I just recently refreshed myself, uh, uh, by reading an article by Lynn White, uh, who was a professor of medieval history and technology, and he wrote a very, very important article in 1967, The history, Historical Roots of Our Ecological Crisis. Mm. And he spoke about or wrote about it 
already back then, mm. you know. And he was a Presbyterian elder in California, and uh, he was this open about it, and he connected even uh, and tied in St. Francis as an uh, alternative model for, for Christians. Uh, I think he was too dismissive of uh, animistic worldview. He thought that it was the positivistic period, 1960s, early 70s, you know. Uh, I, I think that there is something to be said about uh, taking seriously that animistic worldview again, you know, recognizing that, uh, you know, animals, they do have souls and they need to be treated like that. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's right in their name. Animal is mm. derived from the name for soul, Latin name for soul, mm. uh, anima. Mm. So animals are those creatures with anima, mm -hmm. <laughs> with, uh, with, a, with a soul uh, or with souls. And, and, and recognizing this deeper or more spiritual uh, understanding of the world and, and gentler approach to uh, other creatures around us. What do you have to say to people hearing this they understand what you're saying. They believe in it. They want to be more mm -hmm. uh, conscious of these things. But they're so tied to the idea of, first of all, just the idea of eating meat and continuing to have this. Animals are for us. You know, that, that mentality mm -hmm. can exist in somebody at the same time of wanting to be progressive and wanting to be... Uh, um, more conscious. So how do you send them down I, the, that I, road? I, I don't think, Peter, that it is um, either or. That's one thing. The other thing is that uh, Lynn White, actually, in that article I, I just quoted, uh, said that, you know, the technology is not going to save us from the ecological crisis. He said the change of mindset will. And what we are doing is changing that mindset. And if we are changing it even a little, it's still an important step. And uh, you, you, for instance, mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, vegetarianism or veganism or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm. You know, that's my personal choice that I don't eat red meat. But I think that people can be still uh, very uh, thoughtful and caring for the world and eat meat, you know, but they'll eat it differently than uh, these industrial production uh, that they would recognize that they don't need to eat it every day in the quantities, especially Americans are eating meat, for instance, to, to, to be there, uh, to, to mention one of the things you, you, you mentioned. So it is really a matter of changing our attitude, recognizing that and, and deepening it. I think it is present, for instance, in, in American culture very deeply because 
you know, I was just recently joking that how you can you tell the uh, American American film from uh, or uh, American culture in a film? One of the signs. Uh, directors would use is that the family gathers around the table and says a grace mm -hmm. and I would say almost everywhere around the world people would recognize that as uh, as an assured hand for saying we are in America <laughs> okay <laughs> and so but it is a Christian custom of saying grace before the meal or after meal and that is exactly what I'm talking about, only bringing it deeper, recognizing that that's a sacrifice, and uh, recognizing the gift of that. Mm. So, yeah, of course we need to eat, and we are eating other plants, animals, uh, it, it is a deeply sacrificial event, so it leads into deeper reverence and care and less wastefulness. Uh, I, I, I think that, that those are all things we, which we need to find out and, and then of course it grows from there you know because it, it starts on our kitchen or family table and then goes into an everyday life uh, through uh, caring for the parks and trees and, and rivers and, and how we behave towards that individually and as society mm -hmm. so that we don't treat this world as an object that it is an co-creature with us inhabited by beings with us and and again i i don't think that uh, i am touching upon that animism mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know mm -hmm. dimension but it's a worldview and it is i would say that worldview is not necessarily uh, in a conflict with the christian view mm -hmm. you know there were periods long periods when christian theologians would recognize that and understand that it only got really detached know the nature from the with the with a mixture of science technology and uh, an extreme version of say uh, supernatural theism you know where the, I would call it fundamentalism you know monotheistic fundamentalism that the only thing which matter is God and you and everything else can go to hell and that's that's not the position of the Bible either. You know, that's not the position of uh, any thinking theologian. Some of it can be misconstrued that way, you know, but uh, I, I think it is a brutal 
simplification. You know, I, I had just recently a short discussion on a Facebook group uh, regarding that, you know, someone pointed out, you know, Christians worship invisible God while, while the nature is all around us and they are ready to destroy it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, y y you know, uh, I'm now very, very shortly paraphrasing it. And, uh, and someone responded, but we worship only God, we don't worship creation. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, you know, it's more complicated than that. And, and I stand by behind it. Know, because uh, yes we, we worship only God but we respect God's creation you just don't go into uh, the gallery and say I worship the painter and then take a knife and start cutting his canvases mm. for instance you know I, I'm now again brutalizing that image you know but yeah. th that, that, that would be uh, that would be our behavior. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think that it is even deeper than that, because we have rules how we be, we should behave to one another as human beings, and as our understanding of the world, say, deepened, and as the human race became more and more powerful, also. You need to recognize that there are other beings besides human beings who deserve to be respected and treated as such. Yes. You know, people are treating their pet dogs and pet cats like that. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. So why should we limit that only to those yeah. creatures and not others? That's a good, good point. Think about St. Francis mm -hmm. and his gentle appreciation of animals. And, and other creatures. And other creatures, yeah. Or objects, you know, yeah. singing to Brother Sun yeah. and Sister Moon. Yeah. Pastor Andrew, once again, you've given us something very important to think about. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with me uh, this, this moment here and uh, everyone else who listens. Thank you. Until next time.